for example, if you're having a conversation and you notice their feet start to point outwards towards the door, that could be a subconscious thing where they're trying to get out of this conversation or they're trying to get away from you for some reason. And you might want to analyze what was said that made them turn their feet, or maybe you just close or end the conversation there so that you can end this awkward interaction and not leave a weird feeling about you in their minds. of the people that you meet every single day will never remember the encounter they had with you. And in a world where the fitness industry is overcrowded as it is, how do you stand out so that the people that you meet will remember you and want to do business with you? That is what I want to talk to you guys about today. The fact is that our minds have an advanced filtration system because there's so much data that we process every single day, it needs to filter out about 90% of it to just focus on what is relevant to keep us alive and thriving and moving forward in the world. This system is called the reticulate activating system, and it's one of the evolutionary traits that's kept us alive today, but it's not very good for business because if you can't figure out a way to stand out in an overcrowded industry, you won't get any clients and you're not gonna keep those clients even if they come in through your doors. I wanna give you the tools to become more memorable and stand out in an overcrowded industry. With that reticulate activating system, every person that you meet and that your prospects meet get filed immediately into one of four categories. First one is the friend me category. This person looks like somebody that could be a friend. Second one is the fight me category. This person looks like they could be a threat or an enemy. The third one is the fuck me category, meaning this could be a sexual partner that I could have based on whatever compatibility they look for. And the last one is the one we want to avoid at all costs, which is forget me. And it means that didn't strike any of those other three and There's no need to consciously process the fact that they met you and they can move on with their lives. So how do we find ourselves automatically getting filtered into the friend category with the prospects that we meet and how we stand out in the way we present ourselves in the marketplace? I'm going to show you three tools that you can use to get filtered into the friend me category to get more business for yourself. The three areas of focus that you want to have to become more memorable are in your body, your voice, and an understanding of the psychology of the prospects that you encounter. Now, what does it mean to understand how to use your body? It's an understanding of your own body language as well as the other person's body language and how it can trigger feelings and emotions on a subconscious level. Now, there's a whole science to body language that I'm not gonna go super deep into today. There's another episode, if you subscribe to this podcast, that. You can do deep dives into body language with me and a lot of the tools that I'm gonna offer you guys. And the first thing is your hands. Now, your hands are one of the most powerful tools that you have to use your body to build trust and to make sure you don't get filtered into the threat category. Now, why is that? The reason is that as we process information out in the world, it comes through our eyes and it immediately gets filtered through the primitive aspects of our brain, the limbic system that goes through what's just called the amygdala and some of the most primitive aspects of our brain that operate on instinct and fight or flight states. Primitively, we had to make snap decisions based on is somebody in the world a threat to us or are they safe? The first place we subconsciously go are the hands. 
because if I had a weapon in my hands, you probably couldn't see my palms. So being able to show your palms or the fact that your hands are empty is an incredible way to tap into the friend category on a subconscious level because you're just showing them that you don't have any weapons, don't have a clenched fist, and that you are a person that they can trust. This happens at a subconscious level, but it does happen. And I'm going to give you a crazy example that you probably never thought of. If you look at any religious symbol of Jesus or Hindu or Buddha, any religion, if there is a religious figure, almost every single symbol will have the hands showing in the picture. And that is because whether they knew it consciously or not, is that displaying an open hand where the palms are visible is one of the easiest and fastest ways to build trust and feel safe with somebody else. So how do you use your hands to build trust with people? The easiest thing is in your encounter, making sure that you have your hands present, not in your pockets, not crossed in front of your body, not in a fist or behind your back. You know, it's another reason why in the military, having your hands behind your back or in a crossed position is valued is because it makes you look tougher and it makes you look more like a threat. So how do you do the opposite of that is in your greetings, make sure to be open with your body language and your hands. It's gonna be an instant subconscious trust builder and put people at ease in a very vulnerable environment like the gym and the fitness setting. Now, the next way that you can use your body is an understanding of your torso. An understanding that if you expose the most vulnerable aspect of your body, which is your torso, where all of your vital organs live, you are gonna be displaying, hey, I trust you, you can trust me, I'm exposing a big vulnerability to you. And when you do that, it triggers mirror neurons in the other person to say, they are showing me a very vulnerable position, so I should feel comfortable doing the same. Because if they didn't trust me, they wouldn't do that, so I should be able to trust them. How do you make sure to expose and show that you are not a threat, aside from using the hands, is making sure that you are open in your body language. Not hiding behind desks or tables, avoiding crossing your arms, avoiding anything where your body language is really closed off. Because if they can't see something vulnerable from you, they're going to feel just slightly uneasy. And one of the really subconscious ways that people do this, and one of the ways that you probably never thought of, is with if you hold a drink in your hands. So holding a drink in your hands, the most comfortable position to be in is holding the drink across your body. Now subconsciously, it's because you're protecting yourself from social environments and awkward situations that you might be in, but other people are going to see that and that little part of their brain, that primitive instinct is gonna say, they're guarding themselves, I wonder if I should see them as a threat. Just being more conscious of the way you're presenting yourself, there's a lot of research behind this in the world of body language psychology. The more open you can be and not hiding or not closing off your most vital organs is gonna be another subconscious trust builder using your body. Now the last way that you use your body to build trust and be filed into that friend category is in the feet. And I'm going to give you two examples. So I have a two-year-old daughter, and she is obviously very primitive in the way she interacts with the world. And the second she is unhappy or frustrated, she will cross her arms really tight, and you know she will wear every feeling of that right on her sleeve. Because that is how the brain operates. Body shows what the brain feels. 
And you can see this when, when people are happy or sad, their body language usually shifts to display that. In young kids, it's the most raw and real version of that coming out. Cross her arms and show that she's really unhappy and maybe not safe or maybe in a, in a threatened position. She's guarding herself. Young kids will all do that. They will express the feeling in their brain through their body. But as we grow up, we start to understand social dynamics a lot more and we start to wanna fit in in every single scenario. So we start to train ourselves to avoid showing the world exactly what we're thinking. Because if we start doing that in social scenarios, we're gonna look like a crazy person, probably be kicked out of that social setting. That's not very evolutionarily effective. So we train ourselves not to be so blatant with crossing our arms and shutting down and displaying what's happening in our minds. It does end up coming out somewhere and it usually comes out in the feet. So if you can understand how the feet play a part in your body language and the body language of others, it is gonna help you understand the social dynamic of your interaction with your clients. So for example, if you're having a conversation and you notice their feet start to point outwards towards the door, that could be a subconscious thing where they're trying to get out of this conversation or they're trying to get away from you for some reason. And you might wanna analyze what was said that made them turn their feet, or maybe you just close or end the conversation there so that you can end this awkward interaction and not leave a weird feeling about you in their minds. Now, the other thing is if somebody is seated or in you know, maybe a sales conversation or a really tense coaching conversation and you see them lock their ankles, this is one of the key body language signals that somebody is feeling really anxious or afraid or tense and they don't wanna show it to you because if they showed it to you in their upper body, it could be crossing their arms or making a fist. The ankle lock is one of the most powerful ways to see if something you said triggered that reaction from them. So keeping an eye on when and how they move their feet is really effective in reading the scenario and knowing how to engage with this person overall. Now, what's really powerful to understand with body language is that not only does the brain affect the way the body behaves, but the body also changes the way the brain feels. So if you get this understanding of body language, you can also manufacture feelings based on maneuvering the body. So I'll give you one example of this. If I'm in a sales conversation or maybe a client consult and I immediately say something like the price or the way our program works, and I see them cross their arms or cross their ankles, I'm gonna do something to manufacture them out of that position. Maybe I hand them a pen or hand them something to look at that forces them to uncross their body. Their brain is going to connect that open body posture with the calmer state. This is anchoring, this is you know neurons that fire together, wire together. That's just the way our brains and bodies interact with each other. So if you can move somebody out of that state, chances are their brain is gonna move out of that state as well. Understanding body language is one of the first ways that we can get out of threat category, filed into the friend category in a millisecond of meeting somebody for the first time. Number two, and being more memorable and favorable in the eyes of prospects and clients is in your voice. And it's an understanding of how to use tone, pace, and silence in your language patterns to elicit different emotions and become more memorable. And I'm gonna give you three examples of ways that you can use your voice, starting with the use of silence. Use of silence is incredibly powerful because it carries weight. And silence also encourages the other person to fill 
that silence. So during interactions where there's lots of silence, that person is going to be encouraged to talk a lot more to fill that void. And psychologically, people associate me talking a lot more with, I must like you because I'm talking to you a lot more. There's something called share of voice that you want to be really conscious of when you are in any communication or conversation with a prospect or a client or anybody out in the world that you want them to do about five times as much talking as you. Even if they don't know why, they're going to have feelings, favorable feelings towards you just because you're letting them talk. And you can use question asking, but silence is one of the best ways to do that. Number two is an understanding of pace and the speed at which you talk. And being able to be agile in the speed at which you talk is going to elicit different emotions from other people. So talking really, really fast is going to elicit the emotion of energy and excitement. And talking slower is going to elicit the feeling of weight and heaviness and maybe something that they should pay more attention to. So understanding that is going to help you make your point hit a lot deeper in the prospect or customer's or client's mind. That if you can, when talking about something fun and exciting and an opportunity for them to take part in and something that you're excited about, you want them to feel that excitement, you're going to talk really fast, but something more serious that carries more weight, you want to slow down and make sure that that point hits home. So understanding how to use pace is really powerful in your language pattern and delivery, and it's really gonna stick out in the prospect's mind. And the last one is tone, and tone is gonna be when to go high-pitched and when to go lower. When to end on a high note, eliciting a question that needs to be asked, or when to end on a lower note, like you're making a statement. So being able to be more agile with the language that you're using and the delivery in your tone, pace, and using silence is gonna make you more memorable to that person, and memorable is Portable. That means is the more memorable you can make every interaction that you have, the more portable that memory will be and they'll take it with them everywhere they go. So the next time they hear something that you may have said, they're probably more likely to think of you and think of the memory of being in your presence, which if you do that to enough people, you're going to gain more clients. The last area of focus that you want to understand is the psychology of memory and understand that we are filtering out the vast majority of the things in our world and the things that we remember and that stand out in our minds are things that are novel. There's a really cool example of this from the dating site OkCupid, the online dating app, where they did a test on the opening line of messages that singles were sending to each other and to see what got the highest open rates. And they tested, hey, hello, how's it going? What's up? And they also tested the word howdy, super goofy, novel way to introduce yourself. And what they found was the word howdy got an insanely high response rate because it was novel and it was different and it sparked something in their minds that piqued their attention. So that understanding should teach you to use language and verbiage that is not used very often. So thinking of a catchphrase or thinking of a way that you can greet people that maybe falls outside of the ordinary, that's gonna pique their interest and say, wow, I don't hear that very often. And this is a skill that you can develop, but it starts with the understanding that if you wanna become more memorable, you have to do things that are outside of the norm because the more normal behaviors are, the more immune their brains are gonna to be to processing and remembering them. Another way that you can do this is in your environment. One of the things that I used to do when I was doing all the sales in my gym was 
I would leave a pen on my desk that had like a weird, goofy, it was like a Mickey Mouse eraser on it. Always caught attention. And when I was in a sales consult, they were walking in and probably feeling a little bit nervous. And I was going through the sales process and I would say, oh, could you grab that pen for me? And they would look and they would always get a little like chuckle about this like crazy looking pen that I was asking them to use in this formal environment. That sparks novelty and that sparks dopamine in their minds because it sparks this like this tiny little excitement that was completely out of the ordinary. It's a pattern interrupt that is going to cause a new synapse in the brain that is going to make me more memorable. That maybe the next time they see Mickey Mouse or they think of the gym, they're going to have this little memory that they had that they have never had anywhere else. And the last way you can use an understanding of psychology is in vulnerability. I've always said that relationships grow at the speed of vulnerability. The more vulnerable you can make yourself, the more people are going to trust you, the more vulnerable they will then be themselves, and they will feel a better relationship and more memorable overall. So how do you become more vulnerable? Well, there's the obvious you could divulge some information about childhood trauma or you know issues that you've had in your life. You probably don't want to do that because uh, people think you're a little weird, but there are a lot of really small ways that you could show vulnerability. Now, I'll give you one example that's from Hollywood. If you've ever watched the old school TV show Columbo, this like unassuming, overweight, kind of goofy looking detective would build trust by coming off disheveled and like stupid. And he would get all the information because people were like, oh, this guy's he's harmless. You know, he must be a really bad cop. But he would use that as a strategy to build trust and get information from other people. And you can do a similar thing working with clients. I used to do another thing with with pens where I would sit down and we would be going through paperwork and I would, I would be like, oh, you don't have a pen on you, dude. I just, I'm such an idiot. I forgot the pen. Like, can, can you just give me one second? I always do this. I would leave and I would come back and it was part pattern interrupt, part icebreaker, but overall it was showing a vulnerability of, hey, I'm such an idiot. Like, you know, I'm human. I'm sure you'll understand. Can I just take a second to go get a pen? Like, silly me right? It's a strategic level of vulnerability that is going to make you more memorable and lower the defense mechanisms, get them to file you in that friend category. And if you can apply all of this in your daily interactions with clients, with prospects, and just how you present yourself to the world, you will be somebody that people remember and want to work with to help build your client base. (laughs) 